Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. But that no man, but that no man, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. We preached on that last week. It is evident for the just shall live by faith and the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Father, help me tell the truth from your word. Do pray your saints are edified by the proclamation of it. Jesus name, amen. All right, so the evidence. We talked this morning at Sunday school hour that we start with God uh, and God, um, even though evidentialism is great and helps steer people into truth, it's still, it's not required by God to give man evidence. He, he declares who he is, what he has done. It's up to man to believe it. But here, Paul, under Holy Spirit inspiration, he's giving the Galatian people some evidence from guess where? The Old Testament. Guess why? He's amidst Jews. Guess what we don't have to deal with nowadays? By and large, we've got a New Testament. We've got everything we need by God. And so we don't look at things the same way a saved Jew would look at things back then. They didn't have these books to turn to. So Paul's going to take them. We're going to see this morning, go back to two. He's going to go back into the Old Testament. But let's look at some evidence that you can't be justified by the law. Romans chapter number one, Romans one. The Bible says in Romans one, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Here it is from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by good works. No. The just shall live by law keeping. No, the just shall live by faith. That is how we should live. He was not ashamed. Oh, let me ask you this. Was Paul not ashamed in this passage? When he would confess Christ. Or let me ask it this way. Or did Paul know that the gospel of Christ would not make him ashamed. Chew on that. You see, his confidence was in the gospel. It wasn't that he would confess Christ and that wouldn't, and he wouldn't be ashamed of that. It's just that he knew that his confidence was in that gospel. And that gospel would not make him ashamed wasn't ashamed to say it. He had 100% confidence of the power that it had. Do we have that? We say God can save the powerless. God can save the vilest. Do we really believe the power that the gospel has? Think on it. Think of somebody right now in your mind that you know that's living such a wicked life. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm not ashamed to tell them the gospel. I mean, yeah, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Really? Or 
Think about that person. Are you not ashamed of the complete power that the gospel of Christ has? In other words, do you really believe it can save the vilest of sinners? I do. I do. Paul does. We have a problem in America today with this watered down, tutti frutti. Jesus is a cool guy. He just wants to relate to you. And there's no power in any of that gospel because it's at the there's no mention of sin. There's no mention you're a vile sinner. There's no mention that you're separated from God because of your sin. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. It is the power of God. In Romans chapter number one, verse number 16, look at the word righteousness. And then look at the word faith to faith and the just shall live by faith. You see. God's righteousness can condemned you and it condemned me as a vile lost sinner. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Right. R Romans three. We, we take lost people to that passage of scripture all the time why we want them to see that they ain't right but god is so that's that's god's righteousness condemning you as a lost man or lost woman but after you trust christ now as a believer that righteousness is now on your side you have god's imputed righteousness and Instead of you being a vile lost sinner, now you're a redeemed believing sinner. <laughs> faith to faith. What does that mean? What does that the just shall live by faith? Faith to faith. Paul put his faith in Jesus Christ. He got saved. Now Paul lives by faith. Yeah. Well, okay. How, how are you going to go to heaven? Well, I'm a good person. Okay, name the good works you do. I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. Okay, so you're a good person. That's going to get you to heaven. Yeah, I'm going to work my way to heaven. Okay. And then you tell that person, look, you got it wrong. You're lost. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. Dig into James, dude. Dig into all these passages of Scripture and you show them. You invent at one point, you're done. You're toast. But why do we get saved and then afterwards say, well, we're going to make our righteousness by the things that we do? But hold on. Doesn't God ask us to do things? Yeah. Doesn't God expect things from us? Yes. But the mindset is, if I do these things, I will live my life by doing and law keeping and commandment keeping. And you won't become more righteous and more spiritual in your Christian walk. You'll become less. Because you are trying to do it in the power of a law or a command. Instead, live by faith. I give you God's word. You give me God's word. We read God's word. We believe God's word. And then by faith, we obey it or disobey. By faith, we see it or don't see it. By faith, we walk or we don't walk. <laughs> 
if you try, if you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you don't live by faith, you can clean up your outward life, dump the liquor down the, 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 the drain, uh, throw the throw the throw the rock music in the trash. Uh, you can uh, you can do all of these things, but if you do them in the power of the flesh, it merits you not. You don't grow, except you grow haughty. Look at all the things I do. Oh, you mean you listen to that? Well, well, our family doesn't listen to that. You mean you mean you mean you you go there? Well. We don't go there. You mean. I changed a lot of things after I got saved. But the day after I got saved, I really didn't change a lot. <laughs> if you've heard me preach at all, I'll fire and blast against all this worldly devil music. If you've heard me preach at all, I'll vile and blast alcohol. Young people, listen up. Alcohol will hurt you. Alcohol will kill you. There is nothing good that comes from alcohol. Nothing at all. You've heard me preach it all. You know I go hard and fast against that stuff. But I'm just telling you, you've got to live a life by faith, trusting God, so that he doesn't just grow the outward things that we do or don't do, but he grows the inward man that outworks what happens outwardly. It's called having a right heart, a good spirit. I've told this story again. I'll tell it once again this morning. When we lived in New Jersey, my wife had this brilliant idea that I should plant all these trees. And not a dozen, probably like seven dozen. <laughs> And then she had the brilliant idea that I'm so strong, I can just dig all the holes myself. So I did. I dug all these holes, and her and I planted all these trees, and, uh, and then we watered all these trees by hand. We had hoses. And, you know, at the end of the year, one tree was this high. Another tree was this high. Another tree was this high. Kids, did you ever plant stuff? And then you find out, you did everything the same. Why is one growing faster than another? I don't know. Were they all trees? They were. I can compare myself to this brother, and he can compare himself to this brother, and this brother can compare himself to that brother. You cannot expect everybody to grow at the same rate that you're growing. I have the great <laughs> privilege of every Sunday saying something that's going to offend somebody. I have the great honor and privilege of opening the Bible and then preach. Does he have to preach on that? Well, look, if you're in agreement with that, it's great. Amen. Hallelujah. But the guy or gal that isn't, we better start thinking of that person. Because it ain't about us trying to just, by the power of our flesh, just get it right and show everybody else we're right. And that's the wrong hard attitude. We've got to live by faith, by faith, by faith. I just want to trust God. By faith, man, I see something in the Bible. I, I just want to trust God. We got to get out of this sneering our nose up or down at somebody that doesn't see everything 
the way we see it, even though if we see it that way, we might be right. But our spirit about it causes us to be haughty. That's living in the power of the flesh. We've got to live in the power of the spirit and live by faith, faith, faith. Okay, let's go to Habakkuk. That would be the book of Habakkuk, kids. But it's fun to say Habakkuk. All right, the book of Habakkuk. Here's our cross-reference. I told you we'd go back and look at um, how Paul under Holy Spirit inspiration goes back to the Old Testament. And cross-references. We'll get our cross-reference here. Romans or Habakkuk chapter 2. Look what the Bible says. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. This is Habakkuk 2. And grab verse number 4, please. But the just shall live by faith. What is the source of all sin? Young people, listen up. It's pride. Your sister takes your truck, and you get upset, he gets upset, all that's pride. You took it because you were pride, prideful, and he got upset because he was prideful. Pride. It's the root of all sin. When someone doesn't get their way, you know all that does? It just reveals pride. Now, I'm one of those parents. I'm not saying you have to agree with me on this, but do any other dads set their kids up like I do? <laughs> <laughs> you 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 set up a situation to see how they're going to react and it reveals their heart condition. Now, if they're fussing, if, if instead of taking the object away and not having them have to deal with it, leave the object out and let them have to figure it out. You ever see two kids fight over a toy? The mom gets frustrated, she grabs the toy and she puts it away. Well, what good does that do? It's saw it, it, it gives some salve to mom. And, and moms, I'm not saying if you've done this, you're, you're you know you're a bad mom or anything. We've all done these things at times. I've done it before. Just want to get rid of the situation. Here's my point. If you leave it there, okay, we're gonna put it here. Nobody's playing. And they gotta look at it. But that toy, that issue. That circumstance, all it did was just reveal the pride that's in our child's heart. That fight between husband and wife, all it did was reveal the pride that was already hidden in their heart. We need some help, don't we? <laughs> you try to live this life by keeping commands and laws without living by faith. Every one of us are sunk. We all need to live by faith. You ever go through a trial? Good night. I've been through a lot of them. How about you? We can just testify and we can go till four o'clock. It reveals. The trial will reveal if you've got pride. It's almost like we live in a world where people cannot humble themselves. I had something go wrong with my truck. And when something goes wrong with your truck, you know something else is going to go wrong on top of it. Because, well, what fun would that be if you only had to deal with one issue? 
I get upset. I got places to go, things to do. Talked about this morning, people just glued to their phone. That's their life. It's their lifeline. Everything is set up. The feed is everything they want to think about. If something goes outside of that feed, they just break down. We can't live like that. We've got to be able to live within the world that God gave us by not being conformed to it, but being a witness to it. We have to learn to put our pride aside. We have to learn to be corrected. That's me. Dads, that's you. Moms, that's you. Young people, that's you. We have to learn that we don't always have to defend ourselves. We don't always have to justify everything that we do and then act like all is good. Well, it's not. We have to learn that pride hurts. Proud people complain typically. Proud people can't wait on God typically. Proud people withdraw themselves from others. And as they do that, they actually withdraw from God. They don't become more spiritual. They become self-sufficient. Look, I live out in 15 acres. I like self-sufficiency. But I don't, I don't like self-sufficiency when it's defined as I'm just by myself and it's just me and God. God didn't design us to be that way. He wants us to assemble together. And I'm not going down this rabbit trail because I know you've heard enough of it on the news. But I'll say this and then I'll just get off of it and move on. But this whole idea of quarantining everybody and, and state lockdowns and shutdowns and all of this. You don't think there's something behind that that's trying to get us to not gather and fellowship as people like God designed? I'm not saying just fellowship with just anybody and just get right in there with this lost world. I'm not saying that at all. We need each other. I need you. <laughs> My family needs you. My kids need you. You need each other. We all need each other. Are you saying we don't need God? No. We all need God. We all need God. We all need to look to God together. All right, but let's, where, where am I at? Where are we at? Habakkuk? Okay, thank you, sir. <laughs> All right, thanks for reeling me in. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Look at the contrast. Uh, draw your attention to this. His soul, which is lifted up, is not upright. And see that semicolon? It connects it and it'll contrast this. But the just shall live by faith. So I wasn't right, but I received God's imputed righteousness. Now, by faith, pay attention to this. Watch this. I can live my my life, my natural life, my you know my life here on earth in opposition to pride. I can do that by faith. Why? Because I've got the Holy Spirit, and I can live with an eternal perspective. Our life, my life, grows through faith, not of trying to work yourself to a position of growth. If you have a company or you're a leadership at a company 
did you ever notice the guy that comes on board or the gal that comes on board and he or she, everybody around is just thinking, this person's just trying too hard. And it becomes obvious that it's almost like they're trying to put this performance on to impress the boss. And then you got another guy that comes on, on board and he's working just as hard. But there's just a different spirit about him. He's trying to take the faith walks. He's trying to allow the company to lead him. That's us as Christians. I want to be the best Christian God can make me. Is that what you want for you? It's not going to be in the power of my efforts. It's going to be by me as the employee, to make the analogy, saying, God, by faith, I want to follow you. My God's word says this. All right, Lord, I'm going to step out in faith. All right, God, you say this. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to step out in faith, God. You say, Brother Jimmy, why are you splitting hairs on this? I'm splitting the hair because it's not about us mustering up the strength to do it. It's about us leaning on God's strength and walking by faith and living by faith. To wrap up the pride issue, it brings conceit. Pride causes your mind to never be at rest. Pride causes constant weariness. Pride causes a pursuit of something. And the person doesn't even know what that something is. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 3. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 12. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Now watch this. And the law is not of faith. Not about faith. Law and faith, they don't go to hand in hand. There's no relation. Law, look at it, 12, verse 12. And then faith, it's a different system of living. I'm really trying to get you to, hold, to get a hold of this. Law on one side, faith on the other side. Yeah, but isn't, this, isn't it the same result? See, outwardly, it might be the same result. It might be. I see something in the Bible about a certain thing. And when you look at it, when someone else looks at it, it might be living by law. Or it might be living by faith. The person viewing it would not know the difference. But you and God do. Did you see something in God's word and by faith you're going to live it and obey it? Or are you trying by the power of your own righteousness? And your own pride to say, yeah, I can do this. It's by faith. Now it says, but the man, the law is about the man. The law says, man, you do it. Faith is not involved. The law, by definition, requires complete obedience. You don't go to work by faith. You go to work because the law says, the boss says, you show up at nine or you're fired. So the, that man obeys that law. Law and faith are not the same. He's going to get there and obey that law or that law is going to condemn him. How's it going to condemn? Him? Well, he shows up at 
9.15. And Brother Tom said, you need to be here at 9 a.m. For this, for this plumbing job. So Brother Tom says, I'm sorry, but you're fired. <laughs> and he didn't get that from the orange man either, or our, our wonderful president, Mr. Trump. There's other people that say you're fired because you didn't obey the law. And you get fired. That's a man. He has to apply. All right. So the law is not of faith, but the man. Um, go over to Romans chapter 10. What did Moses have? He had all the laws. Moses had moral law. Moses had ceremonial laws. For Moses, verse 5, describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things, here it is, shall live by them. But the righteousness, well, let's back up to verse 4, I'm sorry. For Christ, verse 4, is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Laws, commands, all that condemns you. You can't keep them. I can't keep them. To everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the law, which, I'm sorry, let me get back my thoughts right. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. Law says you're innocent until what? Boys and girls, you're innocent until proven guilty. Notice in Romans 10, Moses didn't say anybody obeyed the law perfectly, did he? No, he didn't. Scripture is pretty clear. Nobody at any time has ever kept God's law perfectly. Galatians, so it says that doeth them shall live. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask me, have you fully obeyed God's law? So we got what? God's imputed righteousness when we trusted who? Jesus Christ, who is the Oh, eternal son of God in the only way. I'm going to get to God this way. Can't do it. How come we, okay, we gather around that, right? Now, we get to the other side of the thing. We're saved. Have you ever kept all of God's commands? By the way, he asks you to do a lot. Now, it's all reasonable. But there's a lot of stuff in the Bible. How are you going to do it? By the power of your own strength? Don't count on it. You'll either become self-righteous and haughty, or you'll become so blown away by it that you just get yourself out of church. Or by faith, you can read it, believe it, and then by faith, obey it. In them, if you could obey it, in it by, by you would find happiness. But you can't find happiness in trying to keep commands and laws in the power of your own flesh. you got to live this life. By faith, read it, believe it, obey it. All right, Levi Tuckus. You didn't know that there was a guy named Levi Tuckus in the Bible, did you? That would be Leviticus 18 there, young people. Leviticus 18. Leviticus 18. This is our last cross-reference where Paul takes this. You can cross-reference this Galatians 3, 11, and 12 back to Leviticus 18 and verse number five. Here's what the Bible says. Verse four, we'll start with. You shall do my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord 
your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, here it is. Here's the reference. He shall live in them. I am the Lord. Did the nation of Israel obey everything God told them to? They didn't. Matter of fact, they ended up putting them on a cross. When the nation obeyed God, what type of blessing did they get? Physical. Their land could grow crops. Their cattle didn't die. They didn't get sick. They won battles. When they disobeyed God, guess what happened? It was a mess. Christian, when you obey God, does the drought still come? Mm-hmm. Kids, do you lose the corn crop? Yep. But what type of blessing do we get when we obey God? A spiritual blessing. A spiritual blessing. Old Testament Israel, they got physical blessings when they obeyed God. New Testament Christians, we get spiritual blessings when we obey God. Wouldn't it be nice to obey God and have a home with the sweet spirit? That's a spiritual blessing. And we can just go on and on. In closing, I want to say this. It contrasts two types of people. We are justified in the sight of God. We get that. We live to God. We live for God. But it's by faith. Contrasted to the other type of person that tries to follow laws, they try to follow rules, they try to follow commands, and they do this by saying we're living to God and we're living for God, but it's by performance. So the contrast I'm trying to draw out for all of us this morning is the thing that might be happening might be right, but the way that we get there is the issue I'm trying to draw out. Is it by faith or is it by performance? Meaning, in the power of our own flesh, are we trying to make ourselves righteous? One brings pride. The other one brings a spiritual blessing that is unsurpassed because this life is lived by faith. I'm going to wrap up with this. A man saw a snake being burned to death and decided to take it out of the fire. When he did, the snake bit him, causing excruciating pain. The man dropped the snake and it fell right back into the fire. So the man looked around and found a metal pole and used it to take the snake out of the fire, saving its life. Someone was watching, approached the man and said, that snake bit you. Why are you still trying to save it? The man replied, the nature of the snake is to bite. And that's not going to change, but that's not going to change my nature, which is to help. You know what mankind does? He rebels against God. He curses God. He hates God. And God looks down and he sees that man is headed for hellfire. God reaches out. Man bites back. Man curses God again. Man rebels against God again. God does not change his nature because the nature of man is to bite back and curse God. Instead, God allows us to be a partaker of the divine nature. And that's why the Bible says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Don't look down on people. 
because they bite back at you and hate God and curse God and are against everything you believe and I believe and we believe. Instead, think of it how God thinks of it. He's reaching down and we can be used by God as a vessel to help save lost souls. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.